Lord God, thank you for being our daddy. Thank you for being my daddy. And now, as your son, I pray for this family of faith that you will open the eyes of our hearts to see and our ears to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say today, both to us individually, yet also as a family of faith collectively. Lord, we need to hear and to be practical practitioners who actually do what your word says and not just theorists who know and yet stop short. Lord, illumine our hearts here today. We pray and all God's children said, amen. 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 Please be seated. Well, it's so good to be back with you here today after a little bit of time of vacation, but uh, here in the last week, uh, Tame and I, um, our lives have taken a little bit of a turn, and uh, so as of Tuesday morning at 521, uh, Sadie Grace came into the world. Sadie Grace Tima, seven pounds, five ounces, 19 and a quarter inches tall or long, whatever terminology is. Um, but look at all that nice dark hair. So she's a Tima. Oh, all the Tima babies had nice dark hair and a lot of it when they were born. Uh, so anyway, um, you'll be seeing pictures of her every week here for the next few months. Uh, you know, if, <laughs> if you say, hey, I, I think you're a little overdoing it, just let me know. Just let me know. But uh, it's great to be part of the club. Hey, today we are uh, really diving into such an important subject matter, you know, as you have a little granddaughter now into the world, you know, Tammy and I, I think are going by the names Papa and Nana. I mean, that's the intent, but we'll see actually what she calls us. Um, but you know, she is being born into a world a little bit different than the world that I was born into. Um, it's a little bit different and just praying over her, praying over the generation in which she is born into that is a, a very lost generation that's being raised in an environment not knowing God's word, an environment where there's not even any sort of uh, peer pressure to know about the Lord, to know about uh, absolute truth. And, and so our prayer over her is a prayer for we as a church family that we'll, we will take very seriously, especially the subject matter of the text this morning on prayer, so vitally important. Um, because in our text today in Matthew chapter 6, I want you to turn there in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6. Um, I really want you to turn there. Um, if you don't have a Bible or don't have the Bible on your digital device, if you could turn to page 964 and the Bible under the seat in front of you, really want everyone to follow along. But in this is contained the Lord's Prayer. And there were two guys that were talking, and uh, one guy didn't think the other guy knew the Lord's Prayer. And he says, hey, Frank, I'll give you 10 bucks if you can recite the Lord's Prayer. Because I heard that's a pretty important prayer. And his friend, Frank, says, oh, man, absolutely I can. And uh, then he said these words, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And his friend says, Man, I can't believe he knew it and gave him the $10. <laughs> you know, I think for us, uh, when it comes to prayer, um, it, it is just 
really important if we are to thrive in the environment God has for us here today that we're living in. Um, God has not called us to merely survive. He's called us to thrive. But the means by which he has called us to thrive is through the means of prayer. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you, God has really worked on my heart in this issue. I, I would love to say that most naturally that you have a pastor who just will spend hours and hours and hours praying. And, and quite honestly, I was uh, confronted with a situation my freshman year at Dallas Theological Seminary. I, for some reason, was voted in as the class chaplain. And so I was on the spiritual uh, formation team uh, um, that kind of put our, our chapel together and all of that, and we had a prayer warrior in our midst that I so appreciate, but I remember her just saying, hey, we've got to be a, a seminary that knows how to pray, not just knows God's word, but really knows how to pray, and it was like, Becky, yes, yeah, we need to uh, to really uh, get into this, and so, man, we as a team said, it, you know, it starts with us, and so we prayed for about half hour, 45 minutes, and just going before the Lord in prayer, and then it was an hour, and then it's like, all right, and so, so, um, so Becky, who started this thing, she said, okay. And so she prayed. And so in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, we, we have prayed an hour. Man, that's a long time to pray for just our team, just to pray for an hour. And then at the end of her prayer, she said, you know, I just don't think we're done yet. And I go, oh, no, no, I think we were done really about probably 15 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. Um, but no, no, she was like, no, we, we got to keep going. And all of a sudden it turned into another half hour, another 45 minutes. And I'm like, wow, man, that is a lot of time praying just for our team. I mean, praying on behalf of the seminary and all of that kind of thing. But that's where I was introduced to this very real tension that you and I might uh, really struggle with. And that is, you know, I think in this very room, there are those that are, well, we're not finished yet kind of prayers, you know, those who love to pray and just say, no, man, there's more that we got to cover, more that we got to cover. And I love that we have a congregation that has those here. And I think sometimes those that are here, the great uh, frustration that can happen is, is why aren't others really wanting to be the, man, we haven't prayed enough yet kind of prayers. But also there are those who are, they, I thought we were done a half hour ago kind of people here too. And that's okay. That is okay. But we are praying that this sermon, I'm praying this sermon will help you take a step closer to being a person of, of prayer, a step closer to Jesus through being more of a person of prayer, where if you never pray that you will now start praying occasionally, where if you're praying occasionally, now you start praying far more regularly, where if you're praying regularly now that you will be far more intentional and, and that we will grow in this because the stats are not encouraging when it comes to the evangelical church in America being churches of prayer. And we've got to be a church of prayer. And I, I've got to ask for your forgiveness because I think sometimes as a pastor, we can offer things and it's like, ah, well, not many people are there. Well, let, let's just kind of periodically have this. No, we have got to be a church of prayer. We've got to be a church of prayer. And so our text here this morning is going to remind us of that. So if you have your Bibles, can you raise them? Raise them high. Raise them high. Okay, good. Man, it's encouraging. Now, if you have your digital Bibles, could you raise those up? Okay, great. If you've got the Bible memorized, uh, can you raise your hand up? 
All right, good. Here we go. I'm going to invite Jennifer Greer up here to uh, the stage um, as she reads for us our text, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, and we're going to go all the way through verse 18. Uh, Jen, tell us just a little bit about yourself, and then uh, we'll get into reading. Is that on? There we go. Good morning. As Pastor Brian said, my name is Jennifer Greer, and I am married to an exuberant, amazing man named Lance Greer. You may have seen him up here talking about memorizing scripture with fifth graders. We are blessed with four children, Logan, Landon, Eliana, and Lincoln. And I have also been blessed to um, help lead songs on Sunday mornings for about five or six years. Great. Thank you so much. Well, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. All right, Matthew 6, 5 through 18. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is, this the, is word the word of the Lord. Lord. Thank you, Jen, so much. Please be seated. You know, the subject matter today in those verses was on prayer. And I, I, I've summarized prayer this way. Um, that hopefully be helpful. Um, this might be a lot to write at one time, but also know that you have notes uh, in our church app um, that will have this for you. But prayer is a state of awareness of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a creating of union of heart and mind with the Almighty that shifts our earthly perspectives, plans, and purposes for heaven's priorities to be manifest on earth. I think it's just so important, I think, for us just to know that we are invited into this realm of prayer, but you know, there's so many reasons people come up with for not being people of prayer. One is a lack of belief or a lack of interest, a lack of time, um, but I think for many, a lack of understanding, and I, I pray that today will help give a lack of, uh, address the lack of understanding to be able to provide each one of us greater understanding. Now, reasons why I have struggled with prayer and reasons why I think so much of 
my life and my Christian walk had been, well, I thought we were finished about 30 minutes ago, you know, kind of mentality. Um, It's because twofold. One is that, that I firmly trust that God is sovereign and do what he is going to do. Um, But you know what? Even though God is sovereign and is going to do what he's going to do, he still calls his people to pray because there is something about prayer that unlocks some things that the Lord says, hey, I would do this, but I'm waiting for my children to call on me that my sovereign will is going to be carried out, but this is a great opportunity for you to be able to cooperate and be so in tune with my Holy Spirit and so in tune with the work that I want done that I'm going to compel you to pray certain ways that I'm calling you to be obedient to that. I think many times in my life, I've seen the most incredible answers to prayer are those prayers where I firmly believe in my time with the Lord that He is praying or calling me to pray a particular way and for a particular prayer, but it has maybe seemed impossible, or the the more I'm praying about it, the more it seems like the odds are becoming more impossible, then all of a sudden, something that seems so impossible is now like, whoa, God, you did that. And we rejoice in that because we were able to participate and agree with the Holy Spirit and prompted me how to pray. So yes, God is sovereign, but he calls his children to pray. And this is where I've had to grow in this. And, and secondly is this, how many of us have been pleading and pleading and pleading and pleading for God to answer a particular way. I know many families going through this. And it's just like, Lord, your glory, you could get so much glory if only there was healing here. Lord, you could get so much glory if you showed up this particular way. But uh, I, I, uh, I, I just want to encourage us that those no's that I have received from the Lord, they're not fun to get. And sometimes I have just gotten frustrated that I I feel like I'm going through a season of no, no, no. And it's frustrating. And then you read God's word and it says, ask and seek and knock and keep asking and keep seeking and keep knocking. And we do that. And in some situations, there's a yes. In many other situations, there's a no. And this is where our faith kicks in. Because we've got to trust that because God is our heavenly father who resides in heaven, he's got a perspective that we do not know. And I've got to trust that should I be and know God's whole view and perspective of things that I would say, well, of course you didn't answer the way I asked. Because now I see. But that day may not come until glory. And so with that, um, this is the great opportunity we have to live the dependent life, the dependent life. I I want you to understand the context in which Jesus is talking. Chapter 6 really began with uh, three expectations. Uh, Scott McLuhan shared with us last week, opened up God's word. And, and I'll tell you, aren't we blessed as a church family? Jim Mitchell, uh, Scott McLuhan, those that we have that fill the pulpit. Man, we are never lacking when it comes to great teaching here. So isn't that a good thing? I praise God. I was just sharing in the concourse with somebody who's, uh, you know, business. There's a lot of challenges because he went on vacation. And when I went on vacation, uh, man, everything went well. This guy had great job security. I do not. 
So uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But anyway, uh, last week he talked about um, fake faith. Fake faith gives in order to get noticed. Uh, here in our text today, it's like faith, fake faith performs prayers for people. Now, again, you might say, well, you invited us into this realm uh, right when you got up on stage of inviting us to have, you know, one word prayers back to God. And aren't you encouraging the same thing to be noticed by others? No, you can do that not with a desire to be noticed by others. See, we are an assembly, a family of faith where our collective um, partnership with one another, this family dynamic, we are to inspire one another to love and good deeds. We're to inspire one another to walk closely with the Lord. So um, he is contrasting what was so often done by the religious leaders and the Pharisees. Hey, I'm going to pray now. Everybody listen up. And they would pray lengthy prayers just to get noticed. But that's what a fake faith does. And then um, here in verses 16 through 18, it's like a fake faith sacrifices to appear spiritual. Man, I'm fasting. Man, I'm so hungry. I'm fasting. But I'm fasting because I, I am holy. A holy people fast. Man, look at, look at all the weight I'm losing. Man, I'm a little bit weak. But man, I, I'm fasting. The Lord says, well, you know, you do that kind of thing. You've received your reward. Don't do these things to be noticed. But notice with each one of these in verse, uh, you know, in verse 2, when you give. In verses 5 and 7, when you pray. In verse 16, when you fast, there is an expectation that you will give, you will pray, you will fast. There is that expectation. Now, some of us going, well, that can be legalism. Yes, anything good in life, anything good in your Christian walk can become legalistic if you think that the more you do that, the more points you receive from God and the more he loves you. No, that's not the case. It's we do this so that we get more of the Lord. Man, this is why we pray, not to, to have it like a, just this transactional idea, you know, um, we have the opportunity to go before an almighty God. And so this is, uh, we do not do these things for the rewards of man. We do this for the applause of heaven. So I just, I want to set that up because Jesus goes from here's what you should not do to now here is how you pray. And so here at the very, very beginning, I, I, I just, I, I want to really hone in on the Lord's Prayer. And so I want you to follow along because he's saying, pray then like this. He doesn't necessarily say pray this, pray like this. I say that because some come from traditions where it's just like you just rotely say the Lord's Prayer, but it means absolutely nothing. That's why Jesus is saying, okay, I want you to engage, but here's the ingredients of engagement. First, he says, we must be clear with whom you are connecting. And so here he says, our Father in heaven. He doesn't say my Father in heaven. He says, our Father in heaven. Father 
in heaven, reminding us of the plurality of the family of faith and this dynamic and how important this dynamic is. We're going to be reminded in the fall in the series Ecclesia of how God has created and designed the church to function. But make no mistake, we live in a culture in which everything is like, hey, my relationship is personal between me and God. I don't need the church. And I said, you cannot find biblical justification for that at all. That yes, it is private that invites you into the collective family of faith. And we, as a people of faith, who've taken that step of salvation through the cross of Jesus Christ, we can now go from being an enemy of God to a child of God. And as a child of God, you are able to call God daddy. Isn't that incredible? You know why I, I have grown to learn to raise my hand during praise and worship time is when I was a dad, there was no greater joy than coming through the doors and having my children come running and say, daddy, 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 and being able to swoop them up in my arms. I can't wait to do that with Sadie Grace. You know, there, and, and really, so my posture of praise, this has really helped me um, really identify, hey, I am praying to my daddy. Daddy, please hold me. I need you. I need you. I need you. And so we've got to be clear with whom we are speaking. Our father in heaven, in heaven, because he's in heaven, he is not bound by time and space like you are. He's got a perspective that you will never be able to know. You will never be able to see fully. But this is the one we're praying to. And if you dare think, okay, then I, I, I am so casually relational with this daddy idea. Um, then he says, hallowed be your name. Set apart be your name. There's none like you. Oh, Heavenly Father, none like you at all. So there's this tension that he's very personal, and yet also he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's all of that. Now imagine if you ever tried to get a meeting with the President of the United States, how almost impossible that would be. Why? Because of the position. But now we've got the King of kings, Lord of lords, who invites us to the altar, invites us to that space where he says, no, I want you to come to me, my children. And so this is the great invitation. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We need to be a people who knows with whom we're connecting. But in verse 10, we also need to be aware of why you are connecting. I, I, I think... Uh, Many of us can uh, just treat our time with the Lord like a transaction. Like, okay, Lord, here you go. Here's my wish list. And then we give the wish list of everything we want. But we need to be understanding where verse 10, we have this principle in our prayer that says, no, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No, it's all about, Lord, what you want that you've already established there in the heavenlies. Now it's going to overflow to what we see in our natural world. 
And I think so many times we get it backward. We think that it's our natural world that directs the spiritual realm. No, I firmly believe it is the spiritual realm. What is happening there in the spiritual realm then is unleashed here into the natural, into our physical world. But he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, church, man, this is such an important opportunity for us to be able to change our prayer life from our wish list and praying as though God is our cosmic butler to be able to answer to every wish that we have. No, prayer is the opportunity in the way that he um, changes us and, and, and transforms us from the inside out. Prayer is the opportunity of the Lord to do that. But then I want to jump past verse 11 for a second. I'm going to come back to verse 11. But not only do we need to be clear with whom you're connecting or be aware of why you're connecting, but be mindful of how you are connecting. Um, It says this, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Is that easy to do? No, it is so difficult. It is so difficult because how dare they do this to me? They have violated my space. There is this injustice that has been done to me. So therefore, I will hold this against them. And here what the text is clearly saying is, no, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, knowing that because we serve a holy God, we're going to fall short time and time again. As people, that's just going to happen. But as the Lord has graciously forgiven us, we have the opportunity to um, allow what the forgiveness of Christ has done for us to penetrate our hearts so that we've got what it takes to do that with others. See, this is how we are connecting. We are connecting in such a way that God can enable us to do what we cannot do by ourselves. You know, recently I had the opportunity of having an experience happen to me that maybe it's happened to you too. Um, Any of you have one of these? Anyone? Okay, yeah, most of us have these. You've got all kinds of apps on these. And uh, again, wonderful resource. Um, But have you ever had these just kind of fall short because it was not properly charged? Any of you have that? Yeah, and so what happened to me was, yes, just very, very typically, um, you know, I got my power cord, and you know, you you plug it in, and uh, everything right here looks exactly like I need. You know, it's plugged into the socket, and and then I, I plug my phone in, and everything is good, only to find that the next morning... Um, I assumed that it was fully charged. Why? Because everything was connected exactly as it should be. And really what I found out is I had been bending this wire around so much um, because I had been doing some traveling and packing and uh, these very, very delicate wires within just got bent and somehow it lost its ability to bring the power from the source Um, to the phone. And I find how many times with us is that uh, true of our spiritual lives as well? 
in that we have the look. <laughs> We've got, okay, Lord, I'm praying, aren't I? And then we pray these prayers and, uh, but the Lord wants to just say, no, but you've got some wires crossed. Man, there's some things that, that really our relationship, I want to grow you in relationship and in your connection with me, I, I really want um, to take your prayer to a whole new level. And for some of us, this is why you're going through hard stuff. It's because the Lord wants to help just say, okay, you live in a broken planet. You're going to go through some very difficult things, but I've provided the opportunity of prayer for you to be able to contend for the altar and be in my very presence and to be able to be so in tune with what I'm doing that you can depend on me as your heavenly father to help give you the thing you need to help get you through. And to be able to come out the other side, maybe not with the change of circumstance, but a change in perspective and knowing who I am. Amen? I tell you, we need to be clear with whom you are connecting, of why you are connecting, being mindful of how you are connecting. But then here's the last thing. Uh, you know, go back to verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, this is such a hard prayer for us because the truth is so many of our pantries are stocked with food. We, we, we don't have to pray for provision for that day because, man, our provision is there for a while. It's not the case for everybody, but for many of us. This is why we want to really stock up the shelves for our response care as we can help provide the answer to the prayer of some people's daily bread. But you know, I don't know um, how expectantly you pray. But you know, when I look at this, I'm, I'm reminded of those uh, like George Mueller in the 1800s, ran orphanages in England. And I think in his lifetime, he, you know, had like... A total of about 10,000 orphans that he poured into in his lifetime. 10,000. And I vividly remember this one story where he had no food. There was no food. And the table was full of orphans. And he prayed this prayer. Lord God, thank you so much for your provision. And for being the God who meets our every need. Only to hear a knock on the door. And the knock on the door was a baker who says, I just felt so led. Man, we have all of this bread and it's going to be thrown out. Do you have any need for that? And sure enough, the bread is brought in and the kids were able to eat the bread till they were full, only again to get a knock on the door. And the milk truck had just broken down and said, hey, do you have any need of this milk? It's going to spoil. And then there you go. You've got the milk. I guess the great lesson in that is do you pray with this anticipation that, you know, God's going to work. God's going to show up. I remember a, a prayer uh, impacted me by um, a, a, an incredible woman of the faith, Elizabeth Elliott. And, and she impacted me in college when I went to the Urbana Mission Conference. And she was sharing there about uh, working with the tribe of, of people there, and she was very involved in Bible translation there. And they just translated, you know, ask and it will be given to you. Um, just seek and, and, and knock. And, and, 
you know, that had just been translated, and the, the chief would then read the translated text of the people, and, and she told the story of then this one little boy the next day got bitten by one of these incredibly poisonous snakes. It's one of those kinds of snakes where it's like you just kind of lay down expecting to die, and this little boy, sure enough, started going through the convulsions and everything, and everyone was looking for Elizabeth to please pray over this little boy please pray over this little boy but she knew the kind of bite he had and the kind of venom that was in the system and she prayed and honestly she says she did not pray expectantly she just prayed and all of a sudden just like that that little boy was healed his fever went away he got up and he was doing well and the rest of the tribe was just then went casually back doing everything that they were doing before and she's like why aren't you more happy about this i mean this was absolutely incredible to which they replied but the word of god that you read last night said ask and it will be given to you and we just figured that <laughs> we just took the word for what it was, the word. And she says that ministered to her so much to have a people that were so convinced that, you know, this would bring glory and honor to the Lord. And I tell you, it transformed her as well as those in that tribe to see the word of God is living and active. So church... We have got to be a people who dare to contend for the next generation by contending for the altar, the, contending for the presence of Almighty God. We need to be a people of prayer so that we can become a church of prayer because a church of prayer has the opportunity to continue to usher in the miracles and blessings of God that might be just totally untapped unless we ourselves come together as a people and pray very, very specifically. And so you're going to see more of that here at Grace Spring Bible Church. I'm just telling you. You know, Kenneth came back from sabbatical and we were talking about it and just saying, hey, we just, we have got to, got to, got to be a church of prayer. We just have to be that. And for some, it's just like, well, that's not that fancy. Yes, but that's where the power is. We've got to do that for Man, particularly for ourselves, but for the next generation. And if I could give you three pastoral encouragements before we close in a time of prayer. One is this, be honest with yourself in the subject of prayer. Really be honest with yourself. You say, well, my prayer life is when I drive. Well, good. I mean, that, that's, that's great. You can drive and pray. Wonderful. But I think there's something very special when you can take separated time to get in the quietness of your own closet or whatever and just appeal before the Lord. Lord, here's the thing. I don't see this is right. I don't see this is in alignment with your word. And I, as your child, am now calling on you for dot, dot, dot. Be honest with yourself. Do you even have the reputation among your friends? Hey, man, if, if you need prayer, man, man, they will pray for you. They're not just going to say, hey, I'll pray for you, and, and they'll probably forget. No, they will really pray and follow up. So be honest with yourself in the subject of prayer. Secondly is pursue what you value most over what you want now. Um, I would say you are here today because you want to value what God's Word has to say. But the reality of life is you are flooded every day with a lot of different wants. And how many of your wants over 
you know, or overarching over your values or over what you are desiring. We always go after what we desire most. And my prayer for us is that, that because you are here and you want to be under the authority of God's word, that you will just say, yes, I need to value this. It might be tough. I'm going to be working some muscles that I'm not used to working, and I've got to go through that. But it's so important, church. My question is, are you going to be willing to do what you will value most over what you want now? And lastly, pursue what you value most over, or lastly, commit to this discipline by inviting others to join you. You see, we can always have the intent to do these really important things, but unless we have others, I think that really helps in our prayer life, that we can have others just say, hey, can you pray with me? Hey, let's meet with regularity, or before church starts, man, let's meet and pray, or hey, let's have um, lunch together once a month and how we can pray for each other that month. I don't know what that could look like for you. But I know that I can have a lot of great intentions in my heart between me and God, but unless I invite others in, many times those can fall by the wayside because I'm going after the urgent over the important. And so I I encourage us as we go now into a time of response, I I want to pray over us because undoubtedly, those of you who are watching online or those of you who are listening here in person, I know that there are those of you who just says, I'm not where I need to be. And that is okay. That is okay. We all have those seasons where we're in a place where just like, ah, I'm not where I need to be in this area of prayer Man, today is the invitation of the Holy Spirit of God. If you just feel something as we've been going like, oh man, you're stepping on my toes. Hey, it's not me stepping on toes. I cannot change your heart. I I cannot convict. It's only the Holy Spirit of God that can do that. God can use these words in scripture to um, impress something on your heart. But I just know that we will have those in an audience of this size who says, you know, I feel like the prodigal. I feel like I've been making my home in the pigsty when I really could be practicing the presence of Almighty God with him. Remember how the story goes. The dad was waiting with great anticipation for his son to come home. Maybe that's where you are today. And if that is you, that is okay. That is okay. But may today be the day where you come back. But then also there are those, I'm sure, that have yet to take a step of faith. You are, you are now, according to scripture, still living as an enemy of the Lord because why? You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The work of Jesus Christ on the cross was God's ultimate way of saying, hey, you want to know how serious I am about connecting with my people? Look at the cross. Look at the cross. And may that remind you that I gave my son to be the sacrifice, to do for you what you can never do for yourself. What's keeping you from it? What's keeping you from that step? And so I'm just going to ask us really to be bold. Um, This is how the Holy Spirit of God's been convicting me. I think we do so much in secrecy and all that kind of stuff. 
Guys, God has called us to be courageous in our world in which we live. Not to be consensus, but to be courageous. And I think part of that courageous aspect starts with really being a part of a family of faith where we can be honest and hold each other to the authority of where life is lived. And that is in a relationship with the Holy God. And so if I can invite you on the count of three, of man, if you find that you're in a prodigal, in a, in, a, in a place that you just say, hey, today is the day where I start taking steps back to go back home to the Father. On the count of three, I would want you to raise your hand, but also for those of you who say, man, I have not yet a part of the family of faith. I want to be a part of the family of faith. I want to be able to call the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Daddy, I want that badly. If that is you, I also, on the count of three, want you to raise your hand. But I want this to be a place that salvation has happened here this morning because God's word has been opened. So on the count of three, if that is you, I just want you to boldly, without any hesitation, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Amen, amen, amen. I mean, look at the hands all around. Keep them up. Man, don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. Because I tell you, today, salvation has happened in this place. Salvation has happened in this place. And this is the opportunity for us each and every week as we come together to say, okay, salvation has happened. Now, let's live in the reality of this. Can you just pray along with me as the worship team comes out and we respond? Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed is your name. Man, thank you for sending Jesus at such a great cost to you so that we could live with you, not apart from you. Lord, rescue us from ourselves daily, those idols that, that we tend to give our time, our talents, our treasures to. Lord, help us to follow through, to be attentive to what you value. Lord, may we be a people who never, never, never take prayer lightly. But Lord, thank you that prayer is not asking for what we want, but it's you inviting us to be changed in ways that we cannot imagine. Lord, do this. Do this work, I pray. In your most holy and precious name, and all God's children said, amen.